Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Do you dream of being CEO of your own empire, running your own company, achieving your life's goals, yet wake up in a cold sweat next to last night's takeout leftovers and a pile of bus ticket stubs? You are not alone. Like many others, you are suffering from a classic case of caviar dreams, tuna fish budget. I'm Margaret Josephs. And I'm Lexi Barbuto. And every week, we'll be talking to influencers, trailblazers, disruptors, and risk takers who'll share their own journey to caviar dreams on a tuna fish budget. Side effects may include increased motivation, boundless happiness, and a fast track to success. another week with another fabulous guest and a guest that is from an industry we both know very well yes the fashion industry her name is Ariane Elme she is an amazing designer and she actually went to a school that I was dying to go to that I did not get into at Central St. Martin's don't be so hard on yourself it's very hard to get into I know well Stella McCartney went there but also when I was when I was going to school back in the day, which was a this long is, and time And Central St. Martin's just, yes, is the high-end fashion school in London. Yeah, like Alexander McQueen, and Matthew Williamson, Stella McCartney, those are designers that came as uh, out of Central St. Martin's. And the fashion industry was a very different place. I went to Leeds School of Art and Fashion, but at the time I was going to school, one designers set another designer's car on fire to burn down their collection because they were afraid of them as competition oh my god that's crazy it was cutthroat and I and I thought that I wanted to do what Ariane Elmi does I thought I wanted my own label I've been sketching in notebooks since I was a little girl um Always and it's funny. Always cohorts, palazzo pants, with I'm matching print tops, and she does everything matching. Her fabrics are magnificent. They're they're very upholstery, like truthfully, which I love. It's just like it's the unexpected. And who wants to look like everybody else? And when I saw one of her dresses, I saw it on someone. I was like, I have got to have that. So I hunted her down. Yeah, and I got myself a piece. And it is magnificent. Yeah. So I'm very. Int- I was very intrigued by her, and I was like, how'd she start her business? Where does she get her inspiration yeah. from? I think she's inspiring to other people. She's a young designer. I think she's going to be super famous. Me um, too. I mean, listen, she already dresses so many famous people, and I just think it's only going to get better from here. And I want everyone to learn about her because I think she's going to be inspirational to anybody who's starting their business. Definitely. Yeah, so let's have her come on in. Hi, Ariane. Hi. Okay, first Hi. of all, I just want to say we're very excited 
We're here with Ariane Almey because I'm not only am I obsessed with her clothes, she's a talented designer. I was following her on Instagram and I was like, I have to have everything that she makes. So <laughs> thank you for coming on. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Yes, we're, I mean, I just want to say you inspire every kind of designer, young designers, women. So that's why it's important to have you on this podcast. Yes, and I love also that not only um, did you go to school in New York, you also went to Central St. Martins, which is super impressive. I know because I was a reject from Central St. Martins, <laughs> so I couldn't go. But um, that's incredible. How did you come to study in London also? I think I just, you know, everyone hears about Central St. Martins, and I wanted to go there for a little bit. I learned a lot of, um, like, concept creation there and like just how to come up with ideas because um, they have a totally different way of thinking than a New York design school. So just tell me like growing up what inspired you? Did you always want to be a designer? Where did this yeah. stem from your creativity? My mom drew a bit and I found her old sketchbooks I remember and like from when she was in high school and college and she had a lot of fashion drawings um, so that really inspired me and then I was always into fine art and I loved shopping and clothes. So I just kind of combined them. Um, I remember someone's mom mentioned to me like, oh, you could be a fashion designer. And I looked into it. And I was like, oh my God, that's what I want to do. So from a very young age, I knew like this was my path, um, which was pretty lucky since a lot of people take a while to find what they want. Yes. Now tell me, what do you consider your signature style? Because I feel like I, I could, you know, I do think you're like a vintage type of glam, you know, like your fabrics that you use, you know, it does have a timeless quality, but it, you know, but there is like, um, it's very statement-y. So like, what do you consider your, your um, style? Well, I mean, I love like the Hollywood Regency area. Hollywood Regency, um, yes. Yeah. Um, and you know, like I love Jonathan Adler, like you have. Yeah. Um, I love Palm Springs. So yeah, I mean, I'm a really like over the top person and all my clothes try to be over the top, like nothing's like really subtle. Um, so we have like the big sleeves, just, you know, making everything like you walk in the room, someone knows you're there. Yes, I love that. So just really statement pieces. What designers inspired you? Like who did you look to for inspiration? When I was growing up, I liked the more conceptual designers like Iris Van Herpen a lot. And I worked uh, for 3S4, which is not as known, but they do a lot of Bjork's um, clothing. They did Lady Gaga's clothing. So I did their patterns, which was really cool. And like Bjork would come into the studio and she'd be like, can you fix this for me? <laughs> um, so that was so fun. Um, and then I, I also worked for Style of the Point, which is more like sleek. Um, but I would say 3S4 is, was more my style and really inspired me and Iris a lot. I think that's a big misconception that people don't understand how important the cut of a garment is and just what a skill cutting a pattern is. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I obviously know how to pattern, how to sew. Um, and I think there's a lot of designers that you know, they, they want a fashion brand, but they didn't go to school for it. And then trying to design stuff and being like, okay, well, you want it to look like this, but you have to put a seam there. Um, so that's been a big advantage, just knowing all that and knowing how I want something to fall and how I want something to look um, and, you know, how something can be changed so it does 
have the right design that I had envisioned. When did you realize that you wanted to go out on your own? How long have you been doing your own line? Honestly, I never really wanted to work for someone else. So I, so I worked for Sally the Point for like a year. And then I, at the same time, I started my own thing. I just knew right away, like I never take direction really from anyone. And I just knew I never really wanted to work for anyone else. So yeah, that was like in 2014 after I graduated college. So it was like right away. Wow. Um, and it was a, around the same time that like Instagram was like becoming a thing and like stylists were finding, I was posting my graduation work, which was a lot more conceptual than it is now. Um, and a lot of stylists were finding me and pulling the clothes and it just sort of snowballed. I mean, I didn't even know what a stylist was back then um, or that I could so easily get my clothes on so many different high profile people. And so many amazing people have worn your clothes. So tell us a few. Mariah Carey wore it in her last music video. Little Kim wears the coats and she gives me shout outs on Instagram, which is so cool. Katy Perry wore it on American Idol. Brandy wore the yellow dress. Jasmine Sullivan wore a few pieces. She just won, I think, a Grammy. I mean, there's been so many. We've done customs for Noah Cyrus in her concert with Katy Perry. Sabrina Carpenter. I mean, there's literally just so many. It's so cool. Is there anyone that you, that's like your ultimate wish list, like who you wish would wear your clothes? I've always really wanted Miley Cyrus to wear my clothes and she's pulled a lot, but she hasn't worn yet. Oh, she so has for years she's been pulling and I know her stylist, but nothing has worked yet. Yeah, she has amazing, she does have amazing style. style. I mean, incredible. even her home is so incredible. It is. Yeah. She was an interior designer. Her mom designed her home, which I think is very cool. Yeah, which is great. Like the celebrities that do wear the brand really um, emulate like all our values too, which is cool. And she just, you know, she doesn't, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this podcast. It's okay. Yes, you can. Okay. <laughs> she just doesn't give a fuck and she just does her yeah. own thing and she's herself. And I really love that. Yeah, I yeah. yeah, and I think that is somebody who is very has an individual and, and makes it their own because your pieces are so so unique. Do you do you show at any shows? I used to do New York Fashion Week and we would have all the press there and everything, but it just got to be too much. So I I wanted to concentrate on less pieces and really figure out how to market them, cater more to the customer. So that's what we have done and that's what's really helped expand the business. It's sort of like moving away from the traditional approach. And I know that the Good Luck dress is a signature piece to your collection and that's gonna be launching on ShopBuck right now, right? Yeah, yeah. How did, what's well, the story of the Good that's Luck dress? Yes, I love that. What made you call it, yes, what is the story behind oh, it? Well, I made it during the pandemic and honestly, you know, I had been going the traditional route with my brand, you know, trying to do the New York Fashion Week stuff and huge collections. And I was just like tired, I was broke. And I made the dress and I was like, let me call it the good luck dress because I need some good luck right now. Like it's the pandemic hit, like I don't know what I'm doing anymore. And I, at the same time I was learning how to do marketing myself and it just like exploded. I had never really marketed my clothes, like paid marketing, it was all organic. And that's when I started and the dress really was good luck. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, every time I wear that dress, people go crazy. I live people, for that dress. People die for that dress. It's just, it's so easy to wear. It looks great on everybody. It's size inclusive. Anybody who wears it looks unbelievably amazing at it. That's what's so fabulous about yeah. it. And, and we have so many fabulous. A range of ages that wear it. Like we'll have a girl that's like 21 wear it, but then we'll have like a grandma wear it who's like 70. And it, like, it's, it looks so good on both bodies. Um, and there's just like so many different vibes you can pull off with that dress. Like you can make it look classier or you can make it look like more of a party dress and wear it off the sleeve um, and wear like high heels with it. I it's know, so I think it looks like, tell me about your use of fabrics. Cause I feel like your clothing doesn't use a traditional garment fabric. They're so unique. They're, they're almost like upholstery, some of them, which I love. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have a, a big love for interior design and you know the whole like 60s and 70s and i think they used a lot of fabric like that then we have a lot of our fabric made in turkey and they're big on upholstery so yeah i mean traditional fabrics they just get they get boring you know like i want to do something different um and that the fabrics really help make that statement like for example this fabric we engineered like it's like a I'm come close to the camera, but it's like a cotton and then this like crazy woven um, design in it. And it's like embellished it. and like fringes. So we worked on that for a while. Um, the fabrics do take a while to develop and um, just like the testing and then making sure that, you know, they're, they're wearable and how can we dry clean it or wash it. This one actually you can just throw in the wash, which is crazy. Wow. Well, oh, so you design, so you design all your own fabrics. So they're unique to your brand. Yeah, some, I mean, so the mill will kind of tell us what they can do and then we'll design around that. Um, like, for example, they presented this to us and it was on like this, sorry to them, but like this gross, like plasticky material. And I was like, no, no, it'd be so cool if we could like weave this into cotton. So we had to work with them for probably like a year figuring out how to do that. The good luck dresses, we designed the colors and everything and figure out, you know, how to help weave the colors so that they actually work together. So yeah, so it's, it's collaborative. Uh, you know, that's, that's amazing. That is amazing. So where is your, you have your own factory, your own studio, your own sewing room. Tell us about that. Because listen, you had to do that all on your own. And people are always, you know, when people write to us, they're like, how, how did you know to do all that, to start that? I mean, because that's really very impressive. I mean, everyone's always like, I want to start my own business. So how did you know to do all that? I think because I worked for other brands and they produced in New York, like Sally LaPointe uh, produced in New York. And so I'd go to all her factories and help with production. I just, you know, started meeting different people in the industry and was like, okay, what fabric, what factory is good that you use and tested a lot of different ones out. Um, we are using a factory that's like two blocks from our studio here in the garment district. They sew the rose stuff, they sew Nilly Laton stuff. Um, and it's an all women factory. Uh, it's so fun to go to. Um, I, I mean, I think just working for other brands helped me learn, you know, the industry, but it is hard and you, you do have to kind of really network and meet different people because it's word of mouth. It's not like you're going to Google, you know, best New York factory because no. the best New York factory doesn't have a website. It's very old school. That's true. What challenges 
have you faced? People think like designers are very wealthy and it's this glamorous business. It, it is such hard work and it's like grassroots and you know, you're working late hours and the funding of it. I mean, this isn't like, you know, all like, you know, just runway in a glamorous lifestyle. So yeah, just, I, I mean, I looked at that. When I started my brand, I was working like seven days a week. I started from my, I had like a two bedroom and one bedroom was my office and one bedroom was my bedroom. So I worked and lived in the same area. I mean, even though like these big celebrities were wearing my stuff, like Mariah Carey was wearing my stuff, like I said, like I was poor. Um, <laughs> and I had to like learn the marketing and, and figure it out. I mean, but it was really hard. Like. I didn't have, you know, money in the beginning. Um, and it's sort of just started to take off in the last few years. I didn't really have help in terms of like employees or anything. It was just me. I just recently in the last like two years hired employees and it's an all women team too. Which is oh, we love that. that. Us too. We're an all women, yeah. all women team. <laughs> what made you keep going? Were there ever times you're like, oh my God, I want to throw in the towel, even though I love it. I want to like you know, you yeah, don't have to freak out, like, right? were there ever I mean, despair? still now there's times that I want to throw in the towel. <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, I don't know what made me keep going. I just knew, you know, I didn't want to work for anyone else and I wanted to make this happen. Like, I've never given up on anything in my life, and the thought of giving up, like, just like makes me sick. So, yeah, like, I know, <laughs> I know the feeling, yes. <laughs> so even there were times when I was like, okay, I, you know what? I got to give up. I got to get a new job. So I'd be looking for a new job, but then I would end up working on my brand instead of applying to the jobs. And I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to get a job if I keep doing this. Um, and I just kind of just, I kept going. I don't know. I just, I couldn't give up. Like some things you just like can't give up on. Listen, I, I agree with you. I, I totally get it. it it's a... Uh it's a lot. And I feel like, you know, it, it's the hustle factor. It's like when you have so much passion for what you do, do you still love it after all these years? I think I love it more now than I did in the beginning because the beginning was so hard. You know, you, you almost start to hate your passion because you're just doing it 24 seven and so much work and you're so tired. But now that I have more time to step back and we're actually profitable, it becomes more enjoyable and that the fact that I can take, you know, a vacation, like the whole company's not going to fall apart. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. It's a little bit more relaxing. <laughs> yes. Now, when you started to expand your team, because I think that's a very pivotal point in so many entrepreneurs business, like that's the scary point, like relinquishing control to other people and feeling like if you do, your business might fall apart. But if you don't, you can't grow. Like, how, how did you know when was the right time and how did you go about expanding your team? I mean, I just needed more help. I mean, for example, all the sales were coming in and like, um, my dad's an accountant, but he's no offense to him. He's very unorganized. He doesn't know small businesses and it, it was a mess. And so I got, a bookkeeper and like I never imagined that she would help me as much as she did and just with cash flow and things that I'm not good at like financial stuff um so just like having her there was just pivotal in expansion because then I knew like okay I could spend this much money and we can get another employee and I just needed help but there's definitely you know we had I had people where 
they were more work than they were help. So you have to make sure it's someone that is quick and they're smart and they can learn fast. Um, so that's really important. But I don't think I had a hard time relinquishing control. Um, I think it's just about finding the right people because the right people can really, you know, help bring the business bigger. And it becomes almost something bigger than yourself. Like it's not just your brand anymore. Like everyone's part of the team. What is your goal? Like to sell more retailers? Are you sell? I know you're selling. You said you're selling shop up. What do you, what are the retailers or your dream retailers? Or are you just like, I like selling directly to people. I actually kind of like selling directly to people. Um, you know, with shop up, it's great, but there's so many rules and there's deadlines. You know, if we, mess up a deadline it's okay we tell our customers hey we're not gonna make it like sorry yeah. we're running late with shop up if we don't make it you know we get a huge charge so it's it's much more stressful also there's a better markup of course on our direct to consumer and i'm so grateful for shop up and i want to get in more stores like you know socks would be great yeah i could see you in sex yeah. i could absolutely see yeah you in sex. and what about like an intermix yes in intermix would be really good too I think our stuff would work amazing there. No, I can absolutely see you in an intermix. Yeah, I love intermix. I've always shopped there. So yeah, that would be really, that would be great. And then, um, but oh. the overall goal would just be to keep expanding, have more female employees. And I really want to do more work for women. I really want to make sort of like a, a meeting maybe once a month and have all our customers come to the meeting and bring on different high profile women uh, that they wouldn't have otherwise had access to. For example, one of my friends is, she's older, but she was the president of Planned Parenthood for like 20 years. Um, so just having, that would be so cool to have my longtime customers have this meeting and be able to ask her questions. And, you know, even like if I had a meeting, having my, my bookkeeper on and like how to, you know, strategize your finances. Cause even she's taught me like different finance things that I had no idea about. And I, I see a lot of women, even our customers, like they'll use their husband's credit card, um, like with his name, like everything. And I'm like, you know, women need to get their finances in order, their own finances, not their husbands. Um, so I think there's a lot more work I can do for women while having my brand because I'm, I'm connecting so many women to each other. It's so cool, like even on our Facebook, like one customer will post a picture in their dress and then all the other customers will comment how good they look and sometimes they even exchange info and become friends. So we're really connecting women to each other and just helping educate and moving women forward. I, th I think that's great. I think I that's so that important. Because you, you understand the power of networking and just how important it is. And I love that you can pay that forward to like other people who may have dreams also, like mm -hmm. the customers out there that would love to start their own business, but they're too afraid and could be inspired by your stories. I love yeah. that. Yes, yeah. I do. And I think that is a lot of women sometimes don't want to take the leap of faith or don't know what to do next. And are concerned um, about the money. And you know, I think a lot of people think that everything's an overnight success and it's not, nothing's an overnight success. No, it's not. <laughs> I, think, I think women also, we do just naturally worry more and yeah. we are less risk averse, let's say, in general than men. So it is like, we do take things really seriously. So I think that's what makes it hard for women also to take the risks because you do really, you know, you really need that safety net. But 
you have to, you have to take the risks. And if you can mitigate the risks with like an amazing team, great advice, knowing what you're good at and not good at, then, you know, nothing should stop us. What would you tell someone who wants to start their own business? What would you tell a budding entrepreneur? So I always have the same advice and it's actually going back to what we just talked about and how women don't take risks. I read this article and it's, I don't know the percentage, but men 90 whatever percent of the time will just go for it. They'll take the risk where women strategize, they think about it. And so when you buy our clothes, there's like a little gif on the bottom and it says, just go for it. And that's like, if you're going to start a company, you just got to do it. Cause if you sit there and you think about it, you're going to start doubting yourself. You're going to start thinking of the reasons why it's not going to work. You just got to do it. You got to do it. Yeah, I, I, so I absolutely agree with you. We, we ask a lot of people who come on the podcast these questions. What would you consider uh, was your big girl panty moment? Like you were like, oh my God, this is my sink or swim. I got to pull up my big girl panties. I mean, I guess just as we started growing, it's scary. You know, it's scary <laughs> moving out from your home office to, you know, a big office in the garment district. Like it's scary. It's like, oh my God, what if all of a sudden the sales just stop and like, I can't pay my rent. So, I mean, that was really scary, but it's like, I had to, you know, calm myself down and be like, no, like, what if actually sales get too big that you outgrow this office? Yeah. Um, so I try to put a positive spin on everything. Like, cause I, you know, I have a lot of doubts. So I have to, you have to trick your mind. You have to, you have to say the, what the good, what ifs. Um, That's important. It's so funny. I saw an interview with Jennifer Lopez recently it was like an old interview that they put up and it she was basically like every morning you have to get up and you have to pep talk yourself you have to be like this is gonna work this is gonna happen we're gonna go for it and you can have no doubt in your mind yeah i i agree with that because i always say this leads to the next question where you say i'm 50 delusional 50 determined because i i have to believe my own hype i have to hype myself up because if you don't, who else will? So if I say I'm 50% delusional, meaning in a good way, like if I don't believe my own self, um, what are your percentages? What do you contribute your success to? I mean, I think I'm actually very similar to you in that. I would say like 50% determination. And I don't know what the other 50% is, but I I don't give a fuck. And... (laughs) I know it. I know I'm gonna make it work. Like I believe in myself more than anyone else. Like it's gonna work. I love that. Um, let me just ask you: so Are your parents European? What's your background? No, they're not. They're, I from? mean, I'm I'm just born in Connecticut, so nothing. Nothing exotic. What's your ethnicity? Um, like half Eastern European, half British. Half Eastern nice. European, half. British. Yeah, I think my my grandpa was born in England, and then I think my mom's dad was born in England. And where in Connecticut did you grow up? Like this small, like, farm town um, outside of Fairfield. And did you, growing up, were you like, I want to get out of here, or did you love where you grew up? I'm just curious. I think I I liked it. At, At points, I wanted to get out of there, but also my dad actually worked in the city, so he commuted. And so we went to the city a lot. Um, but it's so funny when I was growing up and I'd go to the city, I was like, oh, I can never live here. Like, I would just feel so dirty and like couldn't wait to come home to a yard. And I still kind of miss that. Like, 
I would love to get a house with a yard, which sounds so simple, but when you live in the city, it's not that simple. No, I, I, no. Especially I after the last few years in the city with the pandemic, it felt, I'm sure it felt very suffocating. I yeah. left the city right before the pandemic hit, so I felt very lucky to have that breathing space. I know. I would love to one day just like live on a, a farm, but have a full staff because I don't want to have to do like the farm work. <laughs> <laughs> just look at the fabulous farm. I get it. <laughs> Let me just ask you, so do you design twice a year the way a lot of designers do? So that's what I was doing and it was not sustainable mentally, physically, financially. And so I just now release Honestly, I kind of just do whatever I want and release a few pieces here and there. I don't really have a timeline. Now that we're getting into more stores, I'm going to have to figure out sort of a, a timeline. But even when I worked with Shop Bop, like I showed them what we have and they were very receptive to it. I think with the whole sustainability factor, people are moving away, pushing out so many different items at once. And, you know, they're... Like, it's okay that I have the good luck dress for a few years, like the, the, the yellow I one. I think it's, you can have that forever. That's I think it's timeless and seasonless. If you think about yeah. DDF's wrap dress, like, yeah, exactly. time. I think also the old mentality of the fashion industry with like releasing collections and you go to the stores in August and you see winter coats, it's not sustainable in today's world because. Years ago, people were planning for vacations, mm -hmm. months in advance, and they would mm -hmm. build a budget for their winter wardrobe, and ladies would go to shop and buy one coat for the season, and five dresses and a sensible, lovely pair of heels, and, you know, they would have all their parties planned in advance. We've become the most instantly gratified, impatient, you know, now, now, now shoppers ever. I, if I, I still want a bathing suit in August. I don't want a winter coat. I want a winter coat when it's cold and I want it now. Yes, and it's I true. It now. So I don't think it's, truly, I don't think, I think the whole industry has to change the way that it does yeah. to, to fit the new shopper. And we kind of also um, make things as it sells in a way. So like sometimes people have to wait like a few weeks for our dresses, couples will run out of one size because um, we don't like to overproduce. You know, it's not sustainable for us. It's not sustainable for the planet. Um, that's really helped keep us, you know, growing because we don't, we don't have all this extra inventory. I think it's also, there's nothing wrong with me making people wait. For yeah, your, you know, your stuff is worth special. waiting. Then it makes people want it more. That's what yeah. I'm the velvet, that's what the I'm velvet technique. Yes. Tell me what pieces are you designing now? What are you excited for that's coming? Is there anything you could tease that's coming soon that I'm going to have to get? Um, <laughs> yeah, actually, we're launching one today. Hold on, let me get it. Okay, Woo! good. Excited. So we're launching this whole new colorway. Oh, I love it. Oh, for Shop Bop, and we did the short sleeve for them. Oh, we're also awesome. selling on our website. Beautiful. So and then this dress is coming soon. It's currently being made. Um, it's like I, more flowy version of the, the okay. black dress. And then I'm so excited for the, the top I'm wearing. I don't have the matching pants, but it comes with matching pants. Oh, that's what I want. That's so me. I, let's I both love, I love it. And you know, you can just wear it to the beach and then to dinner. So I love that. I love that it's like cotton and it's lightweight. Um, but then I wore it today with jeans. So it's like, 
you know, it's so versatile. I'm really excited for this one. This I'm very like excited to I get think the pants. you should be doing trunk shows in the Hamptons. Too. Yes. Do you ever do any trunk shows? I've never done a trunk trunk show, but you maybe in the future. Trunk I've trunk had a lot of people mention that. Yeah, I think this a short. Your style, yeah, do a Hamptons for sure. I agree. It's very. I'm simple. kind of like terrified of. We have a lot of customers that want to like come in and meet me, and I'm like semi terrified of it because I'm like, what if I'm not as good as they imagined? You know, I know. Uh, I know. You, are. you have imposter syndrome, which we talk about. very successful women have imposter syndrome. So that's good. Yes. No, I think it's great. I think you should absolutely, you're right, Lexi. She should do a trunk show in like a Southampton yeah. or somewhere. I just think your stuff is so phenomenal. I must get that little pants up. Is that the only little pants that you have? Yes, right now. But I would love to do more. I love the matching looks. Yeah, we love a coordinate. We love that. We love all over matchy matchy. Well, Ariane, help me. And the pants are like really like oversized, but also fitted in the right areas. So it's so fun. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Tell everybody where they can find you. On our website, www.ariane-elmi.com. And then also on Shop Bop soon. Okay, great. And hopefully socks and intermix soon. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, Manifesting it out there. No, I think you are so charming, so fabulous, and inspirational to so many people who want to just go for their dreams, their passion. You're so talented. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. It was I can't so wait fun. to see all thank the great you. stuff you're doing next. Thank you. All right. Well, have a good day. Thank you so much, and we'll too. talk soon. Bye. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Ariane Elmi, I love her style. She really has that vintage socialite fabulous style and she is so adorable. I think it's so sweet that she is nervous to meet her customers because I think it's funny when brands are like signature owned by one person, people do get in their head, you know, like um, like the Wizard of Oz almost. Do you know what yes, I mean? Yes, no, I understand. Everything she does is statementy, which I love. You go in a room, people know you're wearing it. Um, I love a good sleeve. I just she has a good sleeve. She has beautiful sleeves. Everybody looks amazing. But I love that she has such a point of view. She doesn't want to work for someone else. But I also love that, you know, she figured it out. And it's true. You can't Google a factory, the best yeah. factory. You do, if you're a designer, you do have to work for someone else first. Sorry, people. You do. You have um, to cut. We well, have to cut your teeth somewhere and get to know the business because I think the fashion industry is like yes. the biggest misconception ever that it's going to be mm-hmm. fabulous and you're going to have this glamorous life and you're going to produce these collections. And I know, and it's not. It's it's not. just not that. I mean, I worked in the garment center a long time, and I I worked for many other people, and it's it's just not like that. But the beauty is. She got um, famous on Instagram at first, and that's the way she did. And she's been selling directly to the consumers online, and it's amazing. And then, you know, only now, years later, she started in 2014, and she's selling in other, other stores, other retailers. I think it was also very poignant what she said, you know, in the pandemic, she was broke, which is obviously very recent, and the world stopped. And even though, like, Mariah, you see Mariah Carey in her dresses, you know, she was back again at the beginning of her business, like, oh my God, I have to figure this out mm-hmm. again. So in business, people's misconception is that, you know, the road is always an upward climb and, and it's not, peak. and there's highs and lows and, and that's what happens. And that doesn't mean that you're not smart or you're not successful. That's business. The highs lows, and lows of your business 
can be the thing that helps you figure out how to get to the next high and that high can be higher than ever before. You yes. Know? So don't be tough on yourselves. Um, again, you know, just go for it. Like she said, just go for it. And yeah, I love it. That's, to. that's great advice. And please, please check out her website, Ariane Almey. Yeah. Follow her on Instagram. Follow too. her on Instagram. Amazing style. Her clothes are sustainable. You women could, owned, women owned. And it's just, it's so fun. Such great pieces to make memories in. Um, timeless. You can wear them all year round. I love them. Every time I wear an Ariane Almy dress, everyone's like, oh my God, where'd you get that? It's their amazing pieces. They are beautiful. So caviar dreamers. I hope you enjoyed this. I just, we just love bringing you people who really have chased their dreams and made it a uh, reality and come true. So you can find me at the real Margaret Josephs. You can find me at the light from Mrs. B and every second Wednesday. We have episodes coming out, Caviar Dreams, Tuna Fish Budget, and that's Instagram. Um, YouTube is the same, and you can find us anywhere you listen to your podcast. Yeah, and if you're wondering, I'm wearing an Ariane Elmi top. Ariane Elmi top. I mean, I keep saying Ariane. Ariane, Ariane. Ariane. Ariane Elmi. It's French. It's beautiful. Okay. Bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> <laughs>